Hello and welcome to Rightfully So, your podcast for all things first year writing for those who are in the first year writing classrooms or who just in general love to nerd out about writing and the writing process. For this week's episode, we're talking about all I see is red, interpreting your instructor's red pen marks or more plainly put, how to interpret your instructor feedback. Uh, depending on what kind of classroom you're in, you may or may not be getting a lot of feedback from your instructors. Uh, some instructors like myself have sort of come to a point where they want to sort of decenter themselves from the classroom. In other words, they don't want students only responding to their feedback. And so they rely on peer feedback sessions for that give and take. However, other instructors really do enjoy and uh, value instructor feedback as a teaching tool. Um, to help guide students who, who may be facing challenges with their writing or to encourage students to improve the writing, especially when they're sort of like on that cusp between like maybe an A and a B paper, the instructor may just give feedback to like, hey, you're this close, you know, maybe try this. Um, but that doesn't mean that all instructor feedback is good or necessarily constructive. And so I thought the conversation that we might have uh, this week is to talk about what to do with that instructor feedback. Um, you know, especially if the feedback might be a little bit vague or wordy or, or not be um, what you expected as a student. So in other words, if the student, if, if what you're expecting from your instructor is, is very direct sort of corrections, if you will, like use a comma here, or this is you know, a comma splice, or this is unnecessarily wordy, if you're expecting that level of feedback and not getting it, you know, what do you do? Like, how do you respond to those that instructor feedback that isn't directly, um, I guess I would phrase like this, directly actionable. In other words, that comment results in you making a very specific change to your paper. Uh, so I'm going to open up the conversation to Jeanette and Carrie and ask, you know, how would you like your students to use instructor feedback um, if you've given it in the past? I think there there needs to be a distinction that has to be made between feedback I'm giving on something that I want them to revise versus feedback that maybe the assignment is something that they won't necessarily rewrite, but um, the feedback is intended for them to understand and then apply to future essays or even something professionally. Um, what's hard, I think, on our end is that it's, it, it almost, I, I'm thinking about a conversation I just had with a student earlier today. Um, she came into office hours and I was going through some feedback that I gave her and it made sense in conversation. It was a lot harder. She, she couldn't quite, I couldn't convey it and she couldn't quite get it from just the written pieces. And so while it's not possible always to have a conversation, that's obviously one of the ways where if you are really confused or if you're really unsure what this means in terms of like how, what to do with it, it's like the, the, it often is a conversation that has to happen. And I feel like when you're revising it wouldn't the feedback is to revise sometimes the emphasis is on your grade right like so it's like how do I improve my grade and it's grade focused whereas sometimes the feedback is intended to be for future use 
So. Yeah, it's a, it's a good oh. point about the, oh, sorry. Always, always stepping on Carrie, typical, typical guy, always trying to be the loudest so voice rude. in the room. So rude. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> um, no, Janet's comment about um, future use, just in, in the idea that there's different types of feedback is, is, is a great point and something that I don't think I was consciously aware of when I first started giving instructor feedback is that I think oftentimes my intent in the feedback isn't about the paper on which I'm commenting on. It's about the next one, whether they're going to revise or whether this, in, uh, whether this is like sort of a one and done assignment. Because I have both in my classroom. I have some assignments that are like one and done. You turn in an ancillary essay, you get one shot at it. I give you feedback. And then you're going to write a completely different ancillary maybe a couple of weeks later. Um, and my expectation was always, even if you're not revising, that you were going to apply the lessons learned uh, from the commentary on the first essay on the second one and so on. And then I do have other comments on things that are going to be revised that I feel I should see in the next revision, right? And then from an instructor, I'd kind of get frustrated when I would never see any changes as a result of the feedback. Um, and then I sort of came to realize that students didn't understand on those one and done papers that the intentionality behind my remarks that, oh, I should be gleaning something from this feedback and then applying it. You know, so if I'm saying like, hey, you know, this particular paragraph is a little wordy and you got some content in here that seems like it'd be better in the next paragraph. Yes, that that discussion is specific to that essay. But I also saw that as like a learning opportunity for my reader, like, hey, this is a, a known issue in your writing. Be aware of that in your next in your next ancillary essay. And then I kind of get a little bit frustrated because I wouldn't see anything happen differently in the next ancillary essay. And I sort of, I'm coming to the realization that maybe I didn't make my expectations clear to the student in that regard, that while you're not going to be applying that to revision to this essay, I would like to see more care taken towards this particular writing problem in a future essay. Um, and then having a discussion with your instructor is, is, you know, when you're unsure of their remarks is always helpful. And then I would say there's probably like a third iteration of the instructor feedback, which is sort of like the overall response to your paper, right? Those sort of like end notes, like overall, good job with your essay or, hey, I've seen a lot of improvement. And and honestly, those are, are meant to sort of indicate that you're on an overall improvement arc or needs improvement arc sort of a thing, um, but may not necessarily result in a specific change in your writing style. I think for me, um, it's, there's kind of a difference between, I guess, process, maybe I'm trying to figure out how to categorize it, where it's like process focused feedback versus product focused feedback. Um, because there are lots of times when I have, you know, smaller assignments that build up to an essay that, and the feedback is meant to carry into the next part of the process. So for example, if I have them like create an outline or something or brainstorming activity, I'll say, you know, keep in mind that you should include something like this or this or this, you know, and then that way, the next stage of the process, they're supposed to be kind of applying that feedback to the next piece of the puzzle, um, you know, in order to kind of in, uh, to focus, you know, that way. So I try to kind of explain it that way. And then something that also I think students may not understand is that sometimes for some instructors, the grade doesn't necessarily, um, 
or the feedback and the grade can be two separate things. So sometimes instructors will grade kind of on a credit, no credit basis, where it's like, you've done what you needed to do for this activity, fine. But you, for the next part, you still need to keep in mind this and this and this, you know? So it's kind of, again, focused on the process. Um, and sometimes I think that they just see the full credit for that assignment and they go, fine, I did it right. Everything's fine. And it's like, well, you still need to look at the feedback <laughs> because it's supposed to help you with the next stage. So I think sometimes students, um, I don't know why they, they sometimes might forget to look, even if they've got that solid grade, even if they got the full credit, um, it, that's why I always tell them, make sure you always look at feedback. If there's any feedback provided, always read it because even if you got full credit for it, you know, there could be something in there that you need to know for the next part. Yeah, so th that's a great point, right? Like um, process-based comments may vary in that. Yeah, you're right. I, I realized I just, I just kind of now came to the realization that I definitely do that. So like my ancillary essays tend to be credit, no credit. And then a lot of the, the process-based milestones that students turn in while they're working on their research essay tend to be credit, no credit, but I constantly give feedback. And <clears throat> I've also changed my feedback pretty significantly over the last few years, um, seeing that students weren't really responding to like the paragraph level feedback started giving document level feedback um probably because it was a big time saver but i i felt like you know, like paragraph level feedback may have been overwhelming or difficult for my students to um to process um we talked about this before we started recording but i would often get feedback like i'd get excited about their subject and give feedback like oh this paragraph really reminds me of this thing over here and it would really connect it well to this idea and then this is something you might consider but if they're not going to revise that paper, like that particular conversation isn't particularly constructive to them as a writer. I saw it as constructive because to me, I was demonstrating a way of thinking, right? But again, I didn't communicate that to my students that this is a demonstration of a way of thinking about how to connect things. So they're just like, wow, Mr. Grazer just wrote like this massive paragraph longer than the original paragraph on which he's commenting, but I'm not going to revise this. So thank you for that, I guess. Um. So really, I shot myself in the foot, I think is what I'm trying to say. But, you know, as a student, I, I guess that kind of gets back to, you know, as a student, what do you do when you get feedback like that? When you have an overly verbose instructor that's just, you know, writing an additional essay on the margins of your essay, um, how, how do you respond to that or how do you incorporate it? And I guess this feels like it kind of connects to our previous week's discussion about peer review comments, which is learning to read those comments with a critical eye. For like intentionality in other words what can i learn from this comment not necessarily looking at it from the point of view of what do i have to do to my paper because of this comment in other words is this a a, a does this drive a change to the existing text but rather what can i learn from this comment that i can apply to my writing in general right and i think part of that is reminding students to step away from the grade step away from kind of that that uh what am I looking for? The, like, you know, because they're so focused on how is this going to improve my grade in this class? And it's like, well, this isn't necessarily, you know, even our class that we're teaching, this isn't necessarily just about our class. This is about these skills that you're supposed to take in to other classes. So it's about kind of taking a step back and saying, okay, you know, obviously Professor Grazer is trying to give me something that will help me improve my writing overall, not just for this one particular assignment. So it's kind of, um, I guess, necessary. Maybe we need to be more clear with students about that by saying, 
This isn't just about how can I revise this one paper for this one grade? It's about what can I do with all of my essays in the future with any, you know, uh, assignment prompt in the future um, and kind of maybe reminding of that, uh, reminding them of that kind of more directly, I guess. Maybe that's something I need to work on too. <laughs> Carrie, I think you're talking to this idea that it, it, in connecting with a lot of our podcasts, you know, the process focus writing rather than product focus, right? Like, so if it's grades and it's like we, not that grades are not important. I was one of those students where grades were very important to me. And it was like, oh my gosh, I have to, <laughs> I have to get the best grade I can. It has to be an A, right? You know, and I put that kind of pressure on myself. Um, but writing, we teach writing from a process focus. And it is possible to think about both, right? Like, and for some of the feedback to be future focused, which is less about like a specific grade, right? Um, and and thinking about um, our, our last podcast where you went to a sports analogy, I was thinking about um, my daughter plays competitive softball and they had a game. Uh, the coaches took footage um, of the game and they actually watched the footage a couple days later um, and they discussed what went wrong, so to speak, um, and they looked at very specific film footage of, you know, at bats, um, defensive plays, things like that. Um, and it, it's one of those things where some of the feedback didn't apply to all of them, but it was something that they wanted all of them to focus on, you know, or to think about. And so it's like this idea of, yeah, you're, you may be looking at a specific situation, so a specific draft of something, but you can still learn from that and apply it later, right? Like, so maybe it is with writing like, oh, I, you know, I need to focus on topic senses or something like that. Like maybe that's the takeaway. Like, so there is a measure of like translation where you have to, as a, as a writer, sort of look at what feedback you're getting and go, okay, what can I do with this information basically? Yeah, it makes me think of um, <clears throat> there's a certain amount of mindfulness because that sports analogy um, really brought to mind that you can't you can't be an entirely instinctual player. If you're gonna look at if you're gonna look at tapes of previous games and improve as a player, there has to be some intentionality. There has to be some mindfulness about your gameplay, right? In other words, I'm aware of this lesson. I need to be mindful of that lesson. And then I need to try and practice that both in practice and in the next game. When I learned, when I taught myself how to play ice hockey, you know, a hundred years ago, I, I learned a lot just by watching games on TV. Right. And, and being mindful of what the players are doing, not just watching me like, Oh, cool pass. It was like, no, no, no. He was looking for that guy in this corner because that guy in that corner had this great angle and the other defenseman was screening the goalie. So that was an amazing play, right? Sort of like watching it and understanding, you know, how that pass winds up in a goal and then being mindful of when I'm on the ice, sort of doing, making the same sort of decisions, right? So understanding why those decisions are made and then sort of emulating that. And I feel like we can do the same thing with writing, which is writing with intentionality and writing with mindfulness. So even though those comments, even in product-based writing, let's assume that you're in a history class where every paper is a product, Right. 
there's going to be no revisions, no go backs, what have you. It's, it's a midterm. It's a final, whatever. Um, chances are your instructor is going to give you some level of feedback, right? And let's say it's like, uh, inattention to detail, you're getting dates and names mixed up, or maybe it's, um, you know, your argument isn't very robust because it's a weak thesis statement, some other things, right? So you'll get that sort of feedback from even a history instructor. You as, as, as the writer, you can take those comments and either be like, well, he's just justifying the grade, which I feel is sometimes a response, right? Is a student is looking at the comments is justifying, you know, that C grade or whatever on the paper. Um, or you can look at it from a, a, you know, game film, right? You can look at it from a game film perspective. Okay, there's nothing I can do about this game. It's already over. There's nothing I can do about this paper. It's already, it's over and it's done. But this feedback is like analyzing that game film. Here's where we made mistakes. Here's how we can improve so that those mistakes don't happen again. So it's that mindfulness and intentionality. I'm going to write my next paper and pay closer attention to names and dates so I don't get those things mixed up. Trans, you know, transposing numbers. I used to do that all the time because that's just how I see numbers, right? You know, instead of, you know, 1817, it was 1718. And then suddenly their guy is like, there was no war of 1218, Mr. Grazier. Like, it's the easiest word to remember. It's, it is what it's called. Fair enough, right? Earn that C. Um, and I think, I think ultimately that's, that's something as a writer that you need to, to be aware of is that instructor feedback um, can be applied even in a product-based writing environment that to subsequent assignments, right? Don't just think about it as a one and done and they're just justifying their grade, but you know, approach your next writing assignment with that mindfulness and then intentionality to sort of apply the lessons learned from the previous paper. It also makes me think going through our sports analogy, it also makes me think about reminding students that, that writing is a skill. Um, and just like, just like sports, you know, you have multiple coaches, uh, you know, you have multiple games for one thing. You also have multiple coaches. Uh, if it's something like a hobby, like, you know, you're a musician, you're going to be working with different composers, um, you know, and thinking kind of outside that box. If you think about it, you know, as a skill, you're going to have different supervisors, different bosses, you know, giving you tips and giving you advice on how to strengthen your skills. So it's all a matter of kind of taking on board what they're saying at the time in order for the next, you know, for in the future for, to use it. So it's not necessarily just, you know, we're not just focusing on just one single assignment. It's kind of how can you apply these skills in the future um, in that sense. And so it's something where, I kind of, that's where I always go back to. I wish that they could almost view us less as, as this teacher. Um, I mean, not, I mean, of course we're a teacher, but <laughs> look at us as, as a coach in a sense. Um, you know, it's someone who's there to kind of give them tips, give them advice so that they continue to get better. Um, knowing that we're not going to be there their whole lives, you know, we're not going to be by their side, their entire careers. Um, but hopefully that the advice we're giving them is going to help them to the next step. Um, and I think that that's something that they can really take on board. And also that might help with kind of the amount of feedback that they get too, and understanding it because some, some instructors, some coaches are going to give you tons and tons and tons of feedback. You know, you're going to see red all over that paper. Other times there's going to be maybe one or two comments. I mean, I remember I had teachers that would just kind of, you know, at the very end, they might say something like, remember to do this. And then there was my grade and it was like, oh, okay. You know, even though it was very, very brief, there was still something there that was significant enough for them to mention. So it's like, 
okay, I'm going to take that on board. So, so thinking about two kind of the different levels of feedback that you're going to receive from different instructors from different bosses, you know, some bosses will never tell you that you did a good job. Some bosses will only tell you when you've done things wrong. So it's kind of, you know, understanding how feedback works from different sources, maybe is something to also um, to kind of take on board. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I get, I, w I wish too that students had a less, I don't want adversarial is not the right necessarily the right word, but it kind of captures the spirit of what I'm trying to, to articulate. In other words, they see us as like the giver of the grade and the one who knows to use some old school pedagogy language, you know, the one who knows, uh, the authority in the classroom, um, to be deferred to, uh, and I think sometimes their attitudes towards the instructors is, might be a little bit of like, you're supposed to just give me the grade, right? And they don't necessarily see us as allies who want to see this succeed. And I tend to use that language a lot in the classroom, which is like, I'm here to help you succeed. I want you to succeed. You still have to earn the grade, but I'm I'm not here to be like, well, you failed to meet this unrealistic expectation. Therefore, you get an F. I'm like, no, if you're struggling, you got to tell me. Right. If I, I'll see some of it in the writing and I'll address it in your writing, like, hey, I noticed we're having some issues with like subject verb agreement and you have a tendency to put all of your assertions at the end of the paragraph instead of the beginning. Not necessarily a bad thing, but when you do it every single time, it's a pattern that we need to address. Um, but I, I feel uh, sometimes students are a little reluctant to get the feedback and they just see it as as an attack on their writing, especially if they're not particularly confident in it. Um, and I just kind of want to make it clear to our listeners that I feel like I speak for most instructors when I say that's not the case. Like, again, it's it's more of a coaching mentality for, for most of us, which is I'm giving you this information because I can see that you are capable of doing better. And I feel that with this information, you can do better. And I would I want you to want to do better. And I think it's the other thing that maybe isn't necessarily coming across is I want you to want to do better. Um, we talked about this a little bit in the writing process genres. Like, even though it feels like you're doing things that are very specific to the GE general education writing or writing classroom, the intent is ultimately for you to take those skills into your other classes because every university across at least California at the very least has a writing across the curriculum requirement. And it doesn't matter what class you're in, you're going to have to write some kind of paper, right? Um, that's how we're addressing the literacy problem in America. <clears throat> So again, I, I think it's what I would like to, to sort of reiterate to our listener as a student writer is be willing to generalize on that feedback, meaning understand that that feedback isn't necessarily about that specific paper, that it can be applicable to future writing assignments. And not only can it be applicable to future writing assignments, but those writing assignments don't necessarily have to be in a writing class. I feel like, I feel like we're all kind of like, ah, that's, I, I, I feel that like was, that covers it. <laughs> that, that did it all. No, I was just going to say too, I was going to say that, um, that some students perhaps I'm, cause I'm trying to think of 
of the reluctance to take on the feedback or maybe why they would, you know, not really want to. And I'm thinking maybe they, in some cases, maybe the instructor feedback is somewhat confusing and they don't know how to apply it. And in those cases, I would say, go to the writing center, talk to a tutor. If, if you got feedback and you're kind of nervous about talking, first of all, talk to the instructor, I'll say that. <laughs> but if you're nervous about talking to the instructor, you can, that's something that you go to the writing center for and say, you know, my, my teacher gave me this feedback and I'm not really sure how to apply it. I'm not sure how to uh, implement it, you know, and they will walk you through strategies on how to do that. So that's kind of what they're there for, um, you know. And so if you're if you're struggling with just even what to do once you've gotten the feedback, what do I do now? You know, then that's kind of your next step is how do I actually apply it? Because at the end of the day, a lot of migrating, at least from from my perspective, is you know, at that, that grade for the final paper even is, did they apply the things that we've been going over successfully in this final product? You know, so that's where it kind of does turn into the product part where I'm like, did you actually take on board everything that we've been telling you, everything we've been going over, all the feedback you have received? And is that actually implemented well in the final essay? Um, and so you want to make sure that you have those tools to know how to actually apply it, not just kind of hearing oh paragraph structure and then okay well hopefully this is kind of what you want it's like no did you apply you know what we've been talking about so I think that that's something to to remind students about too is that the how do I actually apply it part might require going to a tutor for extra understanding or extra support that's totally fine I've done that many many times um especially when I was an undergrad right um you know, so even if there's confusion about what the instructor is trying to tell you to fix, those are things that you can definitely um, get help on either from the instructor or, or writing center. Yeah, demonstrating that you understand, especially in a process-based classroom, understanding that you, demonstrating that you understand the process by making revisions where each revision is a little, at least a little bit different than the one prior and includes comments from your peer review and, and instructor is invaluable. Uh, I am guilty of, of grading sort of based on that. Like, Hey, we did five peer reviews. I saw the student got peer feedback. I know I gave instructor feedback and yet first draft and last draft look exactly the same. I, I'm, I'm probably going to pull a couple few dozen 50 points off of that. thing. <laughs> you know, it's like, Ooh, could have been a B, but you know, and just there was opportunities for improvement. You didn't take them. Um, in, in the last podcast, I did mention, you know, again, the elephant in the room, which is time management. Did you not allow yourself enough time to do a revision and to incorporate those remarks? But um, just by way of saying, you really need to do that. If you want to be successful as a writer, if you want to sort of put forth your best quality work, then you need to plan accordingly and have allow yourself time to address that feedback, right? Especially if you're consistently getting feedback from your instructor that you have trouble with, and you are a little bit intimidated about going to the instructor and saying, I didn't understand what you wrote. Cause I can get how that's scary. Like I get how that might make someone anxious to go to your instructor, the person who is supposed to know the one responsible for your grade and be like, I don't understand any of your comments. What is going on here? And I for sure have had students come to me with that. Like Mr. Grazier, I, especially when I used to handwrite notes because I had tiny writing. Um, they're like, I, I couldn't read this. I'm sorry. And I'm like, oh, you know what? No worries. It's tiny writing. I'm so glad you came to me. Let's have a talk. Let's have a chat about your paper, right? 
um, you know, and address that specific comment and be like, oh, you know, here's what I was trying to say. You know, like Jeanette said at the beginning, you know, having that discussion with her students saying, I couldn't necessarily articulate in this small space with this few, small amount of words, the thing that I was really intending you to understand, but getting the chance to sit down the instructor, the student and actually talk to them and be like, this is what I meant. This is what I was sort of expecting you to do with this comment. Not necessarily change this paragraph, but be aware of that this is something you can do for your next version. Um, so yeah, you know, plan, plan accordingly. Allow, allow time to maybe go to the writing center to get help on that instructor feedback. Um, Implement, and here's the other thing too, is it doesn't even have to be every single comment. I think that might be another thing that's like tripping students up is like, oh, it's so much feedback. I'm never going to like, it's a whole new paper. And I just, hey man, it doesn't have to be ever, it doesn't have to be every single comment. Like I, I do this for a living. I, I triage comments. My customer will be like, here's 300 comments on the flight manual that you just delivered to us. And I'll go through and I'll be like, okay, if you use 20, you're like happy to glad commas, periods, wording changes, preferential changes, no problem concur we're gonna knock those out you'll see them in the next draft these are a little more involved we can still do it but there's some additional work and then some are just like we call them rfis request for information i have to go back to engineering there's like research i got to do you may or may not see a change in the next book we'll have to talk about it so not every single comment necessarily is going to result in a change to your paper so you know don't give yourself an ulcer or you know a panic attack trying to figure out how to take all 20 you know instructor comments and turn them into 20 different changes um maybe just look at them collectively maybe there's a pattern of what your instructor is trying to tell you you know um and i know sometimes i have a conversation with the student's paper and so i'll have a comment on page one like ah this doesn't make any sense and i hope you explain it later and then two pages later i'm like oh you did explain it it's right here i don't know how i missed that so yeah, there's like five comments on the page, but some of them are just me having a conversation with myself about your paper, right? And of course, that isn't necessarily going to result in a change. It doesn't have to. But um, so I guess that's the I, I guess that's the other thing I'm trying to say is that some comments are meant to carry forward and improve your writing. Some might be your instructor having a conversation with themselves as they're reading your paper to keep them sort of on point as you know focused, engaged readers. Um, and if you're not sure which is which, ask. You know, again, go back to your instructor and ask. Uh, we want you to succeed. Uh, I feel like at this point, we, we've fairly covered the topic of, of instructor feedback fairly well. I mean, all of these things are sort of, um, I don't know, abstract until confronted with actual instructor feedback. Um, again, as always, are there any uh, go-backs or closing remarks regarding instructor feedback? One thing... Um honest feedback is an act of caring. <laughs> and so I, if there's any takeaway, I think that's what I want students. And, and I try to tell my students that like, and remind them, it's like, please don't take it as like me trying to rip you apart. That's not my intent. It's really about um, seeing your potential and wanting you to be able to do better because we can all do better right like so writing is hard that way where it's not we all can become better writers so it's not it's not a judgment of like good or bad writers yeah i, I, I always tell my students no no paper is truly done it's only abandoned i waited till carrie was going to speak and then i jumped in really fast like I know maybe my timing's just really off but it's cracking me up now now I almost want you to do it all the time just because it's funny um 
I was going to say, uh, the other thing to think about is that that common uh, saying, what is it? Uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. If you're not happy with your quality of writing, if you're not happy with your grades that you get on essays, um, if you keep doing the same things over and over, that's, <laughs> you're, you know, you, you're insane. No, uh, kind of consider the fact that our feedback is meant to help you to get to that next level. So, you know, take on board, you know, the fact that like, like we've all been saying, we do want you guys to improve, um, you know, and so trying something new can definitely get you a different result. And so that's something worth, worth taking on board and kind of what you were saying to Bill about um, what, what aspects of the feedback to focus on, focus on what's manageable. You know, like I've had, I've had students, um, or even I've had feedback where instructors have said, you know, oh, the thesis isn't really that in depth. And I'm like, yeah, but I didn't really feel that comfortable about it anyway. I wasn't confident in the subject. I, maybe I was a little insecure, but then they have comments about organization and I go, oh, that I can handle. Okay. Let's, let's focus on that. Right. So think about, you know, or maybe they say like, oh, there's some issues with grammar. I can fix that, you know? So Focus on what you can fix too. Um, if you're feeling a little like, oh, maybe my critical thinking wasn't, you know, an A level, maybe it was more of a B level, but I can fix these other things that are much, much more manageable. Um, you know, so, so like you said, kind of take all of the feedback that they've given you, but then the things that you can improve on, you can pick and choose and work on those skills. Um, and that will still help you, you know, in the next round. Um, and then hopefully for that next assignment, you know, you are struck with that lightning bolt of critical thinking where you're like, oh my God, this is a brilliant idea. And then, you know, and then you have that piece too. So, so yeah. Yeah. I think ultimately with, without any kind of feedback whatsoever, um, you're going to fall back on what feels comfortable. And then that sort of falls into what you were saying about, you know, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is a definition of insanity. Um, so really, you know, whether it's peer feedback or instructor feedback or tutor feedback from the writing center, all of these things are meant to help you get to the next level in your writing to get out of your comfort zone a little bit and then find ways to improve. Um, even if it's just doing something a little bit differently to maybe discover, oh, I've never tried this before, but it actually works really well for me. Um, which is something I tell my students all the time. I'm like, I have built in like pre-writing exercises and discovery research days and all sorts of other stuff that you may not have done before. Because I want you to try all these things in a process-based approach with the hope that you find something that works for you and then helps bring your writing up to the next level, right? To that academic, you know, university level. Uh, all great, um, all great ideas. Um, again, you know, <laughs> the challenge is really going to be up to the listener and then the student to sort of, you know, apply to the, apply themselves to the writing process and to be mindful. But um ultimately to recognize that this peer feedback is really meant to, to lift them up and not tear them down, I guess, is the, the big takeaway I want from this podcast is this particular episode of the podcast is we're not here trying to tear you down. We really are trying to like build you up. It may not seem like it in the moment, but, but that's the intent. Um, that was, that was a great conversation. I, I really enjoyed it. So thank you for your, for your contributions. Um, Karen, Jeanette, I really appreciated that. It made me think about my own, you know, process as an instructor giving feedback to you. So it was, learning process for everybody, I think. Uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of Rightfully So Podcast. Uh, we'll hope that you come back here each week uh, and join us for each new episode. Um, I figure we've only got a couple more weeks left in the semester, so I think pretty soon we're going to do uh, a 
a deconstructive analysis of turning red uh, as sort of our end of semester discussion to get away from all this you know heavy lifting stuff that we've been doing of late. Um, so I hope that you all come back for at least that episode. So look at that in a couple of weeks. Uh, until then, get out there and write something.